Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, for all our listeners, I want to clarify that my longtime good friend Kelly Sander is the one who predicted that football would win the West and be one of 12 teams in the national playoffs. You heard it here first. (laughs) And maybe last. Don't blame me. Hey, what's wrong with shooting for the moon? There you go. I think you shot for Mars, but that's just my opinion. <laughs> Is Mars further away uh, than the moon? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Hey, welcome to the Super Talk Eagle Hour, broadcasting from the Southern Bank Core Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel, Bob, Kelly, and Luke. We're glad you're with us. Having a little fun with Kelly to kick the show off. But you got some attention with that prediction, my man. Uh, apparently so. Yeah, but, you know, that's okay. <laughs> Opening segment of our show, sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Great supporters of Southern Miss and a great place to take your family for dinner tonight. Men on the road getting, no, they're at home, getting ready to host Georgia State tonight. Uh, Georgia State 6-6 six and six on the season, 4-1 and one in the league. Uh, one, uh, no, 1-0. 1-0. 1-0, yeah. 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 Won, their, uh, won their conference opener by one point, is what I was trying to say. 91-90 to 90 over Arkansas State. Dave Cohen is the play-by-play voice of Georgia State basketball. We're happy to have him on the Eagle Hour. Welcome to Hattiesburg. And uh, what should uh, Golden Eagle fans expect tonight from this Georgia State basketball team, Dave? Well, thanks for having me on. Great to be in Hattiesburg. And uh, when you look at the roster compared to a year ago, um, as we kid around at the start of practice this year, uh, the players all had to walk around those first couple of days with one of those "Hello, my name is" stickers because uh, you know in the in the climate that we're in now in college athletics, uh, with regards to the transfer portal, uh, we lost players and um, we came into this year with only four players remaining from the roster a year ago. So a lot of new faces. Uh, Sun Belt basketball fans, of course, will remember Dewan Odom and Brendan Tucker and Jermaine Mann. Um, and maybe Edward Namoko. They're the only four that are left from last year. Uh, Georgia State hit the transfer portal hard at the end of a, a 10 and 21 season a year ago. And so, uh, you know, some of the faces you'll see tonight that uh, you'll hear their name, I'm sure, more than once on the PA. Julian Mackey, a transfer from Wake Forest. You, uh, not Julian Mackey, but uh, Lucas Taylor, a transfer from Wake Forest. Currently our leading score at 14 points a game. Um, Tanari Lane, a transfer from Winthrop, um, averaging 12 points a game. Those guys have both started all 12 games. Dewan Odom is back in the starting lineup uh, for the last six games. Brendan Tucker is 
is still with us, obviously. I mentioned Julian Mackey. He's one of the Juco kids that uh, uh, Coach Jonas Hayes brought in. So, again, a lot of new faces, um, uh, not only on the roster, but obviously in the starting uh, the starting five. Jaden Turner is a kid from Queens College who led the Atlantic Sun in rebounding a season ago. Uh, he's been a great addition. He's averaging... 11 points, 8 rebounds in 12 starts this year, coming off a 13-point, 12-rebound outing in the win over Arkansas State on Saturday. So, yeah, you'll, you know, again, people that follow Sunbelt Conference basketball, um, especially here in Hattiesburg, that'll be at the game tonight. A lot of new faces uh, from what they may have seen the last time we were here. Actually, Dave, you mentioned about the transfer portal. This is going to be the norm, don't you think, that, that coaches are going to have to re-recruit their teams as a as it were, every single year. Yeah, I'm sure as you guys have uh, with the Southern Miss coaches, I've had those same discussions both on and off the air with guys like our head football coach, Sean Elliott, and our head basketball coach, Jonas Hayes. And, you know, uh, if if you followed us, for example, a couple of weeks ago going out to the famous Idaho Potato Bowl, you know, we went out there without our starting running back, without uh, our starting left and right tackle, without our uh, number one wide receiver, as well as a number of other uh, names and faces off that team. But, yeah, you're right. For the second year in a row, for example, our football team has lost most of its best players to the transfer portal, and we're going through that uh, transformation again, basically right from the start of the end of the season through the bowl game. Uh, and here into the off season, but you're right. With regards to basketball, same thing. You know, I think the Power Fives. It, it it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of Power Fives in their situation room, if you want to call it that, have a whiteboard uh, with the list of names of the top players for that season at the Group of Five level. Uh, I call it the target board. Who do they want to target from the you know the best players from the Group of Five? Who they feel have the best chance of. Uh, being brought into their program and being an impact player. Of course, you know, the way I see it for group of five is that uh, we're kind of in the middle of the intersection because we're looking at players who are maybe at a power five level program that are not playing quite as much that are looking for a new situation where their minutes would go up. And that, for example, in football, and I guess even at the FCS level, we're looking at players who are have been really good or great players at the FCS level who are ready to make that jump to FBS. So we're kind of in the middle of the intersection, getting players coming down, players that are looking to move up. For the Power Five, they're primarily looking at a group of five players that are you know, showing that they have the capability of playing at a higher level. Yeah. Look at it here with Dave. Hey, Dave. Um, six and six, Southern Miss, uh, about 500 um, as well. Has the, the all the new faces have you guys had different um, starting lineups? Coach A is trying to, to figure out the best five out there? Uh, I think early on, definitely, yes. Uh, I think he's kind of settled into, uh, if you want to call it, some semblance of a rotation. As I mentioned, Dewan Odom did not start the season. In you know, the first six games, he was not a starter. Uh, but the last six, he's back in as uh, you know starter in the backcourt. I think that has definitely made a difference. He had a season-high 24 on Saturday in the win over Arkansas State. So he was still playing a lot of minutes in the games, just was not in the starting lineup. But, you know, I think as the season has gone on, and again, we're we're basically a third of the way through, I think that uh, Coach Hayes is 
kind of figured out some semblance of a rotation above and beyond the guys that uh, have settled in as the starting five. But it has taken a little bit. It has taken a little bit longer uh, than maybe it, it would under normal circumstances, just because there is so many phases. But I think to their benefit or to their, you know, to the you know to their advantage. And you guys probably remember. Remember back in the day when college basketball practice was not able to start until October 15th? Yeah. And then you played, and it seemed like the season started a little later. I'm sure the same was with, uh, with, with Southern Miss. But Georgia State, you know, the ability to work out and practice limited hours during the summer. Uh, preseason practice begins earlier than it used to. They have a lot more time with which to develop that chemistry, uh, both on and off the court, uh, for a longer period of time than, than they've had in the past. So I, I definitely think for a program like Georgia State, with so many new faces that they've utilized that time to to their benefit. And certainly now, like I said, I think he has definitely settled into the starting five, and uh, yeah. I think the rotation is, is basically pretty close to what, what he's going to use the rest of the season. Visiting with Dave Cohen, play-by-play voice for Georgia State basketball. Uh, they take on the Southern Miss Golden Eagles tonight, Reed Green Coliseum. About a minute and a half left, Dave. What have you seen in year two with Coach Hayes, who such a, a rising star in the collegiate ranks, what he did at Xavier? What have you seen in year two that he's been able to do that he wasn't able to do in year one? Well, specifically for Georgia State, and again, not to harp on the players thing, but you know, when he when he came to Georgia State, he kind of came at a time when we were transitioning from. Obviously, Rob Lanier, who's now at SMU, and a team that in Lanier's third year was in the NCAA tournament out in Portland playing Gonzaga. And by the time Jonas gets here and Lanier's headed off to Dallas, the cupboard was kind of bare with regards to players that had exhausted their eligibility and then a couple of three key players that decided to enter the transfer portal. So I think now in the second year, now that he's been able to bring in what we'll call some of his players, both high school and uh, JUCO and transfer, that the cement is in the process of settling and him putting his stamp on his program with regards to not only his system, but the players that he's been able to bring in and the players that uh, you know they're recruiting now to commit and, and take the program to an even higher level. But when he got here... He really did not have a whole lot to work with. He had to bring in Dewan Odom, Brendan Tucker, Jermaine Mann as transfers, and he only had uh, the signing of uh, one high school kid, Ed Namoko, who's still here. So definitely has a lot more to work with here in year two than he did coming in following you know, the Rob Lanier three-year run at Georgia State. Hey, Dave, uh, have you got a little time? You can stick around. We'd like to hold you over, maybe ask you a couple of more questions on the other side of the break. Sure, no problem. Happy to do it. All right, Dave Cord is with us. He's the play-by-play voice of Georgia State. They're in town tonight for basketball. Hey, remind you quickly, Genesis of Hattiesburg is the official auto dealer of the Eagle Hour. Genesis sedans and SUVs are the finest vehicles on the road today. And coming soon, the auto Genesis showroom on Highway 98 West in Hattiesburg. And don't forget the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast. Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, tune in. Or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. More with Dave Cohen from Georgia State University, other side of a short break.
Southern Miss to the top. All right, welcome back. This segment is sponsored by our good friends at Campus Bookmart at campusbookmart.net, where you find the latest and the best and the most Southern Miss apparel. You'll find it every day. Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street. You can shop them online at campusbookmart.net. Lady Eagles lose on the road last night, 88-71 to Coastal Carolina, despite shooting almost 44% from the floor and 37% from the three-point line. They've lost five games in a row now. They won their first seven. They haven't won a game since they beat Ole Miss here a month or so ago or a few weeks ago. Uh, Five-game losing streak. We'll talk a little more about that later. 88-71, uh, the score last night uh, for the Lady Eagles. The men, of course, in action tonight uh, against Georgia State, a 6-6 six and six ball club, 1-0 in the league. Dave Cohen is the play-by-play voice of Georgia State, and he graciously agreed to stick around. Uh, love to hear the perspective from other universities about all the turmoil that's taking place uh, in college athletics. I'm, I'm going to ask you this question. I have yet to talk to a Division One coach that likes what's happening, but there doesn't seem to be any end to this in sight, Dave. What, what is the perspective from, from your coaches there at Georgia State on, number one, how this is affecting college athletics, and number two, did they see any end or adjustments? Well, I don't know if they see any end to uh, to what's to what's currently happening in the uh, in the college athletics world, primarily football and basketball, maybe a little bit in baseball, because we even lost a few of our better baseball players at the end of last season uh, to Power Five programs. But um, I think that uh, you know, with, with what's happened in the past, it seemed like the control. Well, it didn't seem it was the control was more in the hands of the program, of the head coach, of the staff. And now the table has turned quite a bit, um, and the player seems to have a bulk of the power. And, there, you know, there, it, there are some folks that see it both ways because for years uh, college athletics was run by, you know, the NCAA and by the programs. And, you know, if you wanted to transfer, you had to sit out. You had a coach who you signed with was able to leave and take another job. And, you know, obviously that coach didn't have to sit out. The player was kind of, you know, at a little bit of a disadvantage depending upon what side of the aisle you sit on. Well, now it seems, you know, it doesn't seem the player has uh, extracted a good bit of that power um, with regards to whether or not they like the current situation that they're in. They have the ability to move. uh, They have the ability to transfer and not sit out a season and basically play right away. Basically, it's free agency in college athletics, which I don't know about you guys. I didn't think I'd ever see it quite at the level that it is today. Um, And the other thing about it, too, because everything ultimately comes down to the almighty dollar, you know, players were uh, in a situation where they were the product or they are the product and television, which has a huge role in college athletics, obviously, today, and it has for a number of years. And the NCAA were sitting back, and everybody was making money except for the product. And the table has turned now, and they call it NIL, name, image, likeness. But as you've looked around the country, and we have seen this you know, on a couple of occasions with now former Georgia State athletes, uh, it's not really name, image, likeness. Uh, that's what we refer to it as, but it, it's not really NIL and what it was 
developed to be, we're basically in a situation now where, you know, schools are building what we call NIL collectives uh, for the express purpose of being able to entice players to transfer uh, for a dollar figure, um, which varies from school to school. Obviously, the advantage sits in the hands of the Power Five because the ones that are building their NIL collectives have, in many cases, a lot more money than the Group of Five NIL. So that's going back to what we talked about before the break. Some of the better Group of Five players are able to be enticed uh, to go Power Five if they're capable of playing at that level. But obviously now a financial payment enters the equation with regards to that player leaving School A, a Group of Five, to go to School B. Uh, a Power 5 program. So yeah. that, that's where it's really changed. Players now uh, are basically free agents. Uh, they can they can talk about money. Uh, they can talk about getting paid. Uh, they can look at the different offers that are coming from, in many instances, again, Power 5 programs. And it's really kind of opened up the landscape. I call it the wild, wild west of college athletics. And that's what we're living in right now. So the rich get richer. Dave, I want to talk to you more about uh, this Panther basketball team. What are some things that, from your point of view, that they've been doing pretty well? And what are some things that they need to tighten up? Some, some things you, you think that Southern Miss might try to exploit tonight? Uh, well, definitely one thing that uh, Georgia State at least consistently needs to get better at, better at is just playing defense, defending the ball. Uh, Georgia State can score with the best of them. Uh, right now averaging right at 80 points a game, shooting almost 45% from the floor. Uh, game in, game out, it, it depends. They've, they can be a really good rebounding team. Jaden Turner, one of the newcomers, again, the kid that led the Atlantic Sun in rebounding a year ago, he's a great rebounder. Uh, but sometimes we have the ability to give up, uh, I'll say, a few too many offensive rebounds in the paint. So that's something that I always keep an eye on. Uh, but again, just just playing good, solid defense every trip down uh, is one thing that, that I know that Coach Hayes and his staff are really stressing, you know, to our players. Like, you know, we had a double-digit lead on Arkansas State on Saturday, and obviously you look at the final score, it was it was a frenzy finish there in Atlanta, but we fortunately held on and held them off and won it 91-90. to 90. Um, So defensively, we've got to get better consistently game in and game out. Uh, but offensively, I like our game. I mean, he brought in... He brought in players that can shoot the ball, and one thing our 10-21 and 21 team of a year ago, again with a much depleted roster, struggled at was the perimeter shot, and we've certainly gotten a lot better at that uh, with guys like Lucas Taylor and Brendan Tucker and Julian Mackey and Tanari Lane, you know, as well as a few others, but those are the four that I, I kind of focus on. So, Well, Luke, Luke Johnson, it ought to be pretty interesting because you've got a team that's, uh, that has had trouble playing defense and you've got a Southern Miss team that has struggled on offense. Yeah, we just kind of want to yeah, know, Dave, like how, the, uh, good are, how good are you guys at the, at the three-point ball because that may tell the tale tonight. Uh, you know, I don't have the percentage right in front of me, but I can tell you that Lucas Taylor and Julian Mackey are pretty good three-point shooters. Tanari Lane, uh, Lane likes to shoot the three. He's 29 of 93. He's one of those players that can be a little streaky from behind the three-point line. Taylor is a little bit more consistent. Uh, he's 23 out of 72, so doesn't shoot quite as many. Um, Georgia State, a pretty good three-point shooting team. 
but you don't want to become the kind of team that relies too much on the three. Um, you know, they want to get guys like Leslie and Carrium and Jaden Turner going in and around the basket, Jermaine Mann in and around the basket. Um, you know, be, be as balanced as you can, but not be the kind of team that focuses and relies too heavily on the long three-point type field goal offense. Yeah. A um, couple more questions. Uh, looks like you guys, uh, the the East may be the the tougher of the of the two this year, particularly with App and with with James Madison. But I mean, do you, do you think the the parity continues in basketball like we saw in football, but like we saw in in basketball last year? Because we're all really fighting for for one spot in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, you know, it's funny you ask that. We were just talking about that uh, here at the hotel this morning about you know. The Sun Belt and that that strive to get that second NCAA bid, and they're just you know the, the what do they call it now the net number or the RPI number that's just not there uh, with regards to across the board in the Sun Belt Conference. And I remember talking to Commissioner Gill at Football Media Day. Uh, I always ask him one basketball question, and that's you know the last two years kind of been the question. You know how close are we? Are we moving in the direction of getting the Sun Belt in position? to get that second NCAA bid. And, you know, of course, he explained it as uh, as the commissioner would with regards to the RPI or the net overall number and strength of schedule across the board in the Sunbelt Conference that everybody had to commit from 1 through 14 to, to getting better. And then, of course, you got to have some good quality wins over Power 5. So there's a number of things that need to happen. I don't know that we're quite there yet as a conference. Um, you're exactly right with regards to... Uh, playing East West, it's it, it's almost mirror image in uh, in basket men's basketball. It is in football. I mean, we talk about it all the time. I mean, just every game is a knockdown, drag them up battle in football and men's basketball. And from Georgia State standpoint, we're in that situation where not only do we have Georgia Southern every year, which is no matter how good or bad we are, that's a knockdown battle as well because it's our in-state rival. But James Madison in basketball, just like football right now. Kicking butt, taking names. Appalachian State uh, has been, you know, better and better. Of you know, the last two, three years, always tough to go up to, to Boone as well. Um, it, you know, the Sun Belt East is just, just like football and men's basketball. It's going to be tough every every year, and I'm sure the West, you know, it may not be quite what the East is, but you know, there's not really an easy game on the schedule. And uh, so that's, you know, from Georgia State's standpoint, they are building and trying to build a roster that can compete to win the Sunbelt Eastern Division. It's tougher now than it was three years ago when Rob Lanier was here, and we won the Sunbelt East, and we won the Sunbelt Tournament and, and made it to the NCAA Tournament. That is going to be a tough road to hoe every year for every team. Yeah. All right, Dave, thank you very much. Dave Cohen, Georgia State University, basketball tonight at Reed Green Coliseum. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, thanks to Dave Cohen, Georgia State University, for joining us uh, in the first half of the show. Appreciate uh, his input very much. Hey, I want to thank 4th Street Bar and Grill for their sponsorship of our program. It is a great place to go enjoy the big ball game anytime one's on. They've got it on multiple TVs throughout the bar, and of course, uh, they have great uh, cold beer. 
a great shrimp poor boys. Nothing much better than that combination. And there's a lot of Southern Miss memorabilia you can always enjoy at Fourth Enjoy at Fourth Street Bar and Grill. Also, I want to say hello and thank you to Mobay Beignet Company, the official beignet store of the Eagle Hour. It is a great place to enjoy what I think are the best desserts in Hattiesburg. Kelly, what did you say the the, the Ginger, top? gingerbread was in December? Now they'll change. Now that we're in January, those. How many of those did you have when you were there? Oh, uh, see, well, uh, the minis or the big ones? Because <laughs> no, I mean the gingerbread sauce. Oh, three. Three, I yeah. see. Okay. So you must have had... But a, because I'm an Eagle Club member, Bob, and I yeah. showed my card, yeah. you get one of the dipping sauces free. Really? Yeah, so if you're an Eagle Club member, keep that in mind. 10% off your order plus a dipping, really? yeah, a dipping sauce for free. Yeah. I'll be darned. Okay. Yeah. Because you gave uh, $5 million, you didn't get like two Eagle Club memberships? Well, I don't really need that many dipping sauces, so, you know. Oh, come on. You're being humble now, Kelly. <laughs> but, but I do like you, you, yeah. you bite the corner off of the beignet, and it has that little cavity in there, and you, you dip the sauce down in there, so it becomes like a stuffed pancake. <laughs> Kelly has a science to eating beignets. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Hey, the uh, conference released the um, partial football schedule for next year, partial in the respect that they gave dates for non-conference games, uh, no dates for the Sun Belt games, but – in case you haven't seen it, August 31st, the Golden Eagles will open at Kentucky. September the 7th, they'll host southeastern Louisiana. The very next weekend, they'll host South Florida. Then they're back on the road September 21st at Jacksonville State. Home conference games, Arkansas State, Louisiana, South Alabama, and Marshall will be the visiting team from the east. Not uh, not Kelnack, but this time actually Marshall. Uh, the away games will be at Troy, at Texas State, at Monroe, and the away game on the East. Oh, this will be an easy one at James Madison. So I'm do, going. Do us a lot of favors, will you? I am going to Harrisonburg. That will be a fun, fun, fun trip. You know, that Jacksonville State game is not very far, though. I mean, it's what, what four? That's not going to be easy either. They were much improved. Yeah, they were. They were. But, I mean, that's a game. That's four and a half hours. I mean, that's not, if that long. It yeah. might not even be yeah. that long. So, Football's a ways off, but uh, there you go. So the Lady Eagles get beat again last night, guys, 88-71. They won their first seven games and topped that off with a thrilling win over nationally ranked Ole Miss, but they have lost five straight games. You shoot 44% from the floor and 37% from the three-point line, uh, and you still lose 42 points between two between two Coastal Carolina players last night uh, that they just could not uh, keep out of the paint and keep them from scoring down low. Uh, I'm starting to worry a little bit, Kelly, about the women's basketball team. Well, it's been a tale of two cities, hasn't it? The best of times and the worst of times. And the fact that that game really wasn't even close. It never was. Yeah, I mean, they, they weren't they weren't in the game from the beginning. But if you looked at those numbers, Bob, that you just mentioned. That's amazing. Yeah, you'd think, hey, they were probably sitting. Sit- Statistically, they played very well. And, but, and when you look at, speaking of statistics, when you look at some of these men's numbers, too, and again, we mentioned with Dave that... Hey, hey before you dive into men, let me go back for the, for the women real okay. quick. Okay, all right. So, here's, here's the tale, okay? You talked about the first, first seven, right? It's, it's defense for the Lady Eagles, and you could say maybe they're playing easier opponents. Well, they beat a top 25 team. So, here it is. When you, when you start with the women's schedule... And you look at the the first several wins. I'm taking out um, Mississippi College. I'm taking out William Carey. Okay, Akron 60, North Alabama 63, Val 
Valparaiso, Valparaiso, 49. North Dakota, 53. Sanford, 33. Old Miss, who now is number 19, okay? 59. Here it is. Memphis, 69. Cleveland State, 70. Florida Gulf Coast, 78. Marshall, 87. Coastal Carolina, 88. It's defense. Those numbers it's, are going the other way. It's defense, and then last night particularly, nobody had more than six rebounds. Cornfield had six rebounds, and she led the team last night. Grayson had three rebounds. Dom, who for uh, for a shooting guard, usually uh, probably gets more rebounds than a lot of people at that position. She only had two. And the problem is, last night they got out rebounded forty-one to twenty-five. Ooh. Bob mentioned the the bigs, Seeper nine points, almost in double digits. Gray and eight points. You know Dom's going to get Dom had twenty-one last night. You know Dom's going to get it, it's it's you know it, it it's not comical, but it's just it, we we get we get uh, we're not in, we're not shocked if Dom doesn't score twenty plus. That's what's what's crazy about this, right? Bracy scores twelve. Grayson scores 11. But those two accounted, or those three accounted for, what is that, 44 of the 71 points? And um, I think I think Gray's got to, you, you got to start looking for a little more production out of her and, and Seeper as well. It's it's just they're, they're getting beat uh, in the rebounding game and they're getting beat on the defensive side of the court. So now when you look at the men's numbers, all right, and of course the men are 50-50 too on, on the win and loss ledger. And just about every statistic would, would bear that out, okay? They've scored 907 points, their opponents, 928, right? That's a wash. When you look at uh, field goal percentage, shooting from the floor, which Southern Miss, you know, the Eagles don't shoot very well, almost 42%. Well, the opponents are shooting 43%, so very close there. All right, free throws, Southern Miss 68%, opponents 69%. Rebounds, Southern Miss winning that category in rebounding. They have turned the ball over less than their opponents. They've stolen the ball more. They have more blocks. Just about all those categories, they lead. But the one that really jumps out, and Luke was very observant when we were talking about this just a while ago, Southern Miss shooting 33%, the opponent shooting 36% from the three-point line. But Southern Miss, the Eagles have only attempted 250 three-point shots, where the opponents have attempted 311. So the difference between the shots that Southern has made from the three-point area and the opponents have made is a 90-point spread. Yeah, what did you say about field goal, I mean, uh, free throw percentage? Southern Miss shooting 41% from the line, but opponents are only shooting 43%. Whatever. No, not from they... the free throw line. That, that's from the floor. You're talking about the free throws. Oh, yeah, it was 68% for Southern Miss, 69% for the opponents. So, I mean, it's still you know right there. But that three-point differential, the Eagles are not taking near as many three-point shot attempts as opponents are, and even though the percentages are equal, they're just not putting it up near as much sure, as the opponents. If you watch them play, it sure seems like the opponents are getting a lot of open three-point shots. You know, it sure seems like it. Well, that when you compare it to the numbers that Southern has put up, the opponents have put up sixty more three-point shots. Uh, let me let me tell you the most one of the most impressive, and this is we need to get the ball in his hand a whole lot more. 
and I haven't broken this down. This could be at the very beginning of the season. Victor Hart, second uh, in shots, 137. He is shooting right at 47.5% from the floor. He's almost at 50% right now. Um, Crowley, 174, you expect him to be, but you know he's he's only shooting right at right under thirty four percent from from the the floor. That that's got to improve. Hart sixty percent from the free throw line. Carbello, who doesn't have many games, I get it sixty five percent. Awako sixty percent from the free throw line. You got to have some of those guys um, to to step up down the stretch. Crowley seventy five percent. Montgomery seventy two percent. But some of those guys like like Hart that's going to shoot the ball a lot like. You got to have a night where he, if he can just get to the line, it's it's almost like automatic, and that way you just able to pile up free points. Safe to say, is this a fair statement that Crowley's performance so far has been pretty disappointing? Well, when you when you take a look at what's been expected, I mean, Correct. the preseason player of the year. Correct. Right. I I think you I think it's fair to say that he has not had the season yeah. so far. You and I were talking in my office. Uh, I, I tell you who they missed terribly is Pinkney. I just thought he was a great player last year, and he just dominated the paint. So uh, I think they've really missed him badly. Luke, in the presser yesterday, Jay Ladner had had talked about one specific aspect of the Eagles game that has got to get better. Yeah, our friend Taylor Corrette from WDAM um, tweeted this out, these quotes from Jay. First and foremost, Jay said, there has, has to be, quote, there has to be an obsession with taking away the three-point shot, defense is not easy. The teams that buy into that, those are the teams that are going to win. Then another one. Quote, I will be very disappointed if our defensive effort is not better. It absolutely has to, or we have no chance. End quote. Well, there you go. It's there very, you. very rare that a coach will put it out there on the line like that. We have no chance right. if that doesn't get better. Down to Country Cleaners, Hattiesburg's most trusted dry cleaners, family-owned and operated since 1983. They offer services like steam pressing, shirt laundry, alterations, bulky bedding, and, of course, dry cleaning. You can visit Town & Country Cleaners at a great location on Hardy Street across from Southern Miss, or you can call them at 601-264-4920. We're going to wrap up this edition of the Eagle Hour next. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on this Thursday. Luke Johnson, Kelly Sander, Bob Getty from the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. And Laurel, happy to have you along. Cool weather, as we would expect, the first week of January. But uh, hopefully Golden Eagles get hot tonight in Reed Green Coliseum, hosting Georgia State, looking for win number seven, looking for win number one in the Sun Belt this year. Tip-off tonight at 7 p.m. on ESPN+. Plus. Lee Roberts, Larry Boyd on the call, of course, on the Southern Miss Radio Network. The legend John Cox will be courtside to, uh, for, for that call. Golden Eagles with a two-game homestand. Take on James Madison this, uh, this weekend. Ladies, on the other hand, after uh, dropping um, that game last night 
out at, at Coastal um, Carolina. They're looking to rebound there on the uh, the road today and uh, try to figure some stuff out on defense. Um, they'll be taking on Old Dominion um, Saturday at noon, so headed up to uh, to Virginia. Will Hall makes two more coaching hires, and we knew about one of them, and uh, maybe had uh, had looked at kind of Eastern Illinois staff and tried to figure out if the second one was a possibility. Both of those um, come to fruition. Yesterday, Will Hall announcing that he has hired Michael Spurlock and Fred Wyatt. You may have heard of Michael Spurlock before, and that would be because he played uh, foot, college football in this state for uh, for the Ole Miss Rebels and then uh, played from 2006 to 2014 in the NFL. Arizona Cardinals, Tampa Bay Bucks, the 49ers, the Chargers, the Jags, the Lions, the Cowboys, um, and the Bears. Came back to Mississippi, coached uh, one year at Philadelphia High School, then went to the, straight to the, uh, the NFL in 2016, coached for the Cowboys, um, and uh, was at UTSA most recently at Western Kentucky. Michael Spurlock will coach the running backs. So Michael Sparlock, uh, new running back coach for Southern Miss, and uh, the defensive line coach named Fred Wyatt. Wyatt, uh, who will who will coach the big boys up front on the defensive side of the ball. He was at Eastern Illinois last year. Of course, that's where the new defensive coordinator, Clay Bignell, um, comes from. So Fred Wyatt under Clay Bignell last year. In the FCS last year, Wyatt's defensive line finished 30th nationally in rushing defense, 32nd in red zone defense. Uh, a defensive end that Wyatt coached, Braylon Willis, earned a spot in the FCS National Bowl. So he coached two all-league guys um, on uh, on their D-line up at Eastern Illinois. He was at Missouri Western and also uh, Kansas State. So Fred Wyatt, new defensive line coach. Michael Spurlock, new running back coach for Southern Miss football. Maybe, maybe we could get Coach Wyatt's guys to defend the three-point shot. <laughs> Might not hurt. <laughs> yeah, get, get them out there. Yeah, well, you're talking about Eastern Illinois, and we had mentioned that uh, nickname that uh, I stumped you. Did I stump yeah, you? Yeah, I should know that. I should know Eastern Illinois. I think they're the Panthers. You want to look it up? I think they're the Panthers. Anyway, they are the Panthers. Good job. They are the Panthers. Okay. Um, Tony Romo, as we mentioned, went to Eastern Illinois. Is he didn't, jo- is he didn't Sean Payton go to Eastern Illinois? I was just going to say that. Sean Payton, the former head coach of the Saints, now with the Broncos. Sean Payton uh, went to Eastern Illinois. And Jimmy G. Hey, that's a handsome man. <laughs> <laughs> Who is he even with now? Is he, He's still with the Raiders, I think. You get Jimmy G. And, and maybe, this is another one. So Stats McGee sent me this the other day. Mike Shanahan. Went to Eastern Illinois. That's that's four dudes. Four pretty good program. football minds. Yeah, out of Eastern Illinois. So that's what I'm saying. Maybe maybe these guys were getting from Eastern Illinois or cut off that same football uh, mold. You know that that we'll get to take advantage of. You know maybe this year. Time will tell. Right. Time will tell. Yes. Patrick McGee will be on the show tomorrow, and uh, we're coming to the end of the season. Is there a Thursday night game tonight? There's not. Oh, there's not no. a Monday night game either because the national championship. I think oh. you got. Oh. Two on Saturday, Steelers and Ravens, and uh, one Two more, and then you got a Kelly. full Sunday. You going to watch that Steelers-Ravens game? Uh, no, I'm having some teeth pulled, which I would rather do. 
<laughs> then that's hard. Watch the Steelers that's and hardcore and Ravens. That's hardcore. Are the Saints out? Are the Saints still alive? No, the um, Saints are alive. They have. Yeah, they are alive. They they gotta have some help. Bucks have to get beat, and they need to beat the Falcons, who they lost to earlier in the year. So, so they're yeah. on a respirator, but they are alive. Yeah, the Saints have to beat the Falcons, and then the we have to hope that Carolina oh, beats well, Tampa. That's not gonna happen. Probably not. The Saints uh, will probably beat the Falcons. They seem to have tailed off here at the end. Well, the Falcons beat them earlier. Yeah, yeah but, you, but they uh, played a little better. You, you never know. Right. You never we know. played good last week until the fourth quarter when we almost said, hey, here's a late Christmas present uh, from the city of New Orleans. Here we go. And, yeah, uh, but let's, let's just say whoever wins, whether it's Tampa or New Orleans that wins that division, they're going to have a higher seed than two or three other teams in the NFC that have better records than they do. They're going to have the tanking Philadelphia Eagles is who they're going to have. Best team in the NFL right now is a team that doesn't get a lot of publicity, and I do not understand why. And it's not even close. No, and it is the Baltimore Ravens. I agree. Buddy, they look tough. And I'm I'm not a big fan, as you yeah, know, because they're in that they division sure, with the they Bengals. They sure but... look tough, no question. You know, Todd Munkin, yep. future Former head Southern coach, Miss... future head coach of the New Orleans Saints, Todd Amen. Munkin. I, I think if it were the Arizona Cardinals, he'd jump on it. You know, as as he should. All right, that wraps up the show today. We appreciate you listening every day. We truly do thank you. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. And until then, Southern Miss. To the to top. The top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.